G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live, episode 3, the 11th of May 2021. Lots to talk about, uh, Lysak getting games, uh, a few injuries to talk about and uh, why don't we just crack straight into it, shall we? Peter, how are you going? I'm well, Fane, yourself? Yeah. Well, I'm still in my work gear, so if that gives you any idea of uh, what sort of day I've had today, uh, yeah, then that, sh- that should be it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, fair bit to talk about. G'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube and Twitch and anywhere else on Spreaker, if you're listening live audio on Spreaker. Don't forget, you can get around us on Discord. There'll be plenty to talk about tonight, and I'm sure we'll have one or two of the faithful Pete having a bit to say. I hope so. I hope you can get on there and have a chat to us. We'd certainly love to hear from you. 100%. Oh, now, speaking of 100%, Peter, I just have to take a moment, uh, and I'll look straight into the camera here. I'd like to apologise for everybody for the amount of times I've said 100% over the last two podcasts, <laughs> it's 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 something that's crept into my vernacular thanks to my eldest son, and uh, it could possibly be a drinking game to rival that of uh, Macca's. I couldn't agree with you more, um, but I'll try and minimise my hundred uh, percent for the foreseeable future. So, Peter, every time I say a hundred percent, give me a virtual slap over the head. Anyway, hundred percent, mate, will do. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, right, now, um, first things first, mate, let's talk about the um, incident with Ned McHenry and Lysett uh, with the um, uh, the verdict handed down by the tribunal in four weeks. What do you think? Look, I thought it was a really easy one for the tribunal this week and, and more than uh, any other reason, just the fact that we had the Neil Bullen precedent from last year. It's only uh, relatively fresh in their minds, I would imagine. It was a very similar outcome, a similar incident, and four weeks was the tariff on that occasion, and so I thought that was going to be around about the mark this time as well. So I thought that given all of the gradings and given the precedent of Neil Bullen, I think it was a pretty easy decision. Yep, uh, I agree. Um the only caveat I'd put to that is that they seem to ignore the earlier incident um, with Will Hamill, which was also Lysette, wasn't it, I think, from memory? Uh, uh, there were two was, sling tap. It was Rosie. Oh, that was I Rosie, was that's right. Rosie. Yeah. Yep. Now, e- even though Hamill was able to continue, uh, that was similarly a dangerous tackle, it wasn't even paid a free. And um, ah, I don't know, I think that one, was. yeah, that one kind of led like if if the umpire had nipped that one in the bud, that actually could have uh, saved um, McHenry from a sore head and Lysett from four weeks. Could have, could quite have. Yes, I agree. 
Yeah, so I, I felt, I don't know about you, and I don't want to harp on the umpiring too much, but I felt the umpiring uh, in our game was particularly inconsistent with uh, those sorts of frees. Also, uh, throws um, were inconsistent. I didn't think it was a particularly good performance by the umpiring. And to me, the umpiring seems to have gone downhill over the last month or so, and I just wonder whether there's too many directives coming from uh, the puppet master, Mr Hocking. I think it's an age-old problem theme that they've just mm. become too complicated a game to umpire. I thought the one that really troubled me in our game was some of the decisions relating to holding in the marking contest. I thought yeah. they had that wrong on a number of occasions, and I thought that uh, what they're allowing Alia to get away with was just ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, and the one against... Geordie Butts in the first quarter to Dixon when he had a fistful of Guernsey. Oh. Just some really terrible decisions, really terrible yeah. decisions. Yeah. Which I, which and I when you look at... If you sat there, I always think sometimes if you had none, if you sat the umpire down, you can bet that he'd want that one back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not that they'd ever admit it, but uh, I think you're right <laughs> on that score. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's a common theme and I wish that we could simplify the game uh simplify the rules for the umpires to uh, uh, uh to implement and uh but as as long as we have the AFL trying to manipulate outcomes and manipulate the look of the game um mm-hmm. you know I just think we're going to continue to have all these inconsistencies and to a, to a foreign observer the game is so confusing and uh I don't think the I don't think the AFL are actually doing the game any favors at the moment at all I would like to know the last time a season commenced without some kind of rule or interpretation change. And you and I both know what committees are like. And if you create a committee, then they're going to do things. So when you've got a laws (laughs) of the game committee, they're going to do things and they're going to justify their existence every year. And so every single year, we either get rule changes or interpretation changes. Yeah. Uh, Now, Sloan Ranger 3 in the uh, chat... Uh, says 100% couldn't agree with me more. So uh, uh, everyone have a drink. (laughs) Everyone have a drink. All right. Uh, Now, injuries, Peter. Um, Of course, we have a few, um, and it's a bit of a concern. Uh, Obviously, we have uh, Mr. McHenry um, out for, you would think, two weeks, I would say. I would say two. It was a nasty Yeah. Yeah, and... He, he was cooked when he came off. I mean, I don't know. I, I've certainly uh, copped a couple of concussions. I think most people that play footy have copped a concussion or two in their lives. And uh, you get up and you think you know what's going on, but you really don't. Uh, so we've got, uh, apart from Ned, we've got Luke Pedler still one or two weeks away. That's starting to become a little bit of a concern. Um, Matty Crouch also one or two weeks away. Um Tiles is still four to five weeks. Lockie's still five to six. Lockie Murphy with her ankle was the other terrible injury uh, from the game. Syndesmosis injury had surgery today, so he's out for at least close to season. Eight, really. uh, just about. Just By the about, time he, he gets some uh, gets himself back to fitness and comes back through the sandfall, he's that's just about his season gone. Yep. I think so. Uh, Lynch now listed as also eight to ten weeks. Um, so that's mm. gone from, you're right, it'd be a medical sub to uh, see you later, Tommy. Uh, and, of, of course, we've got two other season injuries, Hinge and Miller. So, I mean, that's essentially four 
you'd call them first 22 players out for the season um, and still a couple of first 22 players, Crouch and McHenry, uh, out for a couple and Tars, you know, four to five. That's been four to five for a couple of weeks now. So, um, don't know, Peter. Uh, the cupboard's a little bit bare and people talking about uh, wanting certain players to come in and, and players should be dropped and all the rest of it. There's not a lot to choose from, really, as we just start talking a little bit about selection. No, there's not. There's a couple that put their hand up in the reserves, as they did last week. And I talked mm. last week about Ronan, Ronan O'Connor. I thought that he was ready to come in last week. They, I think we had a conversation about it. I thought that one of either he or Darcy was ready to come back for that yeah. midfield role in, instead of Haightley, and they went with Fogarty. I, and then Ronan put in another good performance on the weekend. He's still yeah. still performing well. He had another seven or eight clearances or something and 20-odd possessions. He, he's, in, he's in good nick, and they're playing over in Perth. I, I really can't see any reason not to pick this kid. He's, no, I think we so. We talked about it last week. He's a big body. He's an experienced midfielder. He's a leader. He's... You know, from all accounts, he's a terrific kid. He's yep. in form. Done the and, yards. And he's he's done the yards and he's in form in an area of the field that we are desperately short on. So I would yeah. be very, very hopeful that he gets a call up this week. Yeah. Um, there's probably a couple. Um, I mean, we need two in. So would you bring in Jones, do you think? I, I think I would. We talked about it last week, Vane. He, he has to yeah. come in. He's had a, he's had another good game. Let's well, he's got some confidence. Yes. Because the problem we've got the problem that we've got, Fiend, is of course it's the state game by for the SNFL. Mm. So whoever yeah. doesn't get selected is going to have a week off. Now I just think that while we've got him in a little bit of hot form, what we need to yeah. do is actually get him into the team and yeah. not have him just sort of lie around for a week and not get any mm. football. He needs football. So I would yeah I, w- I would have Chase Jones in for sure, and I would I, I would give Jackson Hately a little bit more time in the sample. He came up. He really wasn't, for mine, in the position that he wants to play up to the level. He had an excellent mm. game last weekend. Mm. I'd like to see that, you know, two or three of those in a row. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the other issue we've got, of course, against West Coast is that they're tall forward line, even with uh, it sounds like Kennedy might be doubtful, but they've still got uh, Darling and Oscar Allen there. I felt we went in short against uh, Port and paid a bit of a price. Um, uh, Murray to come back in or maybe Worrell to debut? What do you reckon? Depending on what they do with Kennedy, we really need both of them in, to be honest. So mm. with, that, with, that, with that forward line. But it wouldn't surprise me if they choose to rest Kennedy. Then gonna, they know they're going to win this by greater than five goals. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me at all for them to rest Josh Kennedy because uh, they'll still get the points. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah. So it would be yeah. a smart move on their part. But if they do play three, then we've got to have a reasonable matchup. Now, it's clearly been an intent by the coaching staff to play a small defence this year. That's the way that they've mm. selected it. They've gone with a one key mm. defender. And that's all well and good. But against West Coast, they've really got to do something about that. Now, whether that's Murray, Worrell, Mackesy, I'd say Mackesy's still a way off. Yeah. So maybe a chance. Josh Worrell's been knocking the door down, mate, hasn't he? So maybe a good chance of bringing him. What, how, how tall is Josh yeah. Worrell, by the way? Uh, 194, I think. 194? 
I think I'll just check that think, for you. But uh, yeah, play, I think it's one ninety four. Can you play key? Well, I wouldn't have thought so. I don't think he's quite tall enough or strong enough for a key. Let's have a look, Mister Worrell. Here, you he is. One, yeah, one ninety four and ninety four kegs. So. He's reasonably well built, but I would say he's probably just a little way off being able to play key. The problem with the selection policies that we've had over the last month or so is that it really robs the team of Tom Diday's strengths, forcing him yeah, to play a lockdown mm. role. And, uh, you know, they might be tempted to play Duday on Allen. Um, yep. But uh, I, I just think it. I just think it's a bit of a waste. Um, David McKay wasn't terribly impressive uh, on the weekend. Um, so I, I'd probably, I'd probably bring in both. You know, I think it's a really good point that you make about Tom Duday. It's a double whammy because mm. what you're getting is is you're losing him playing to his strengths. Yep. And what you're creating is an environment where he's being exposed. Yes. Now, he, he had a horrific game against Hawthorne, Tom, and yep. he had another really poor, I thought, a really poor game again on Saturday. Yeah. Yep. And I think that it's a, it, you know, it's a double whammy, as you say. We're, we're taking a positive and turning it into a negative, which is crazy. So I, I agree. I'd, I'd really like to see those two guys in. I'd really like to see Worrell and Murray in. Yeah. I think it'll. Dip- I think what they'll do is they'll probably take them both. Might depend mm. a little bit on what West Coast end up doing with Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't forget while we're talking selection, if you've got an opinion, uh, those of you who are in the live studio audience, um, don't forget to stick up your virtual hand, and we'll be happy to have you on board and hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, selection has been puzzling, uh, mate. Last week again, we went in with a very tall forward line, and it to me it just felt like. Given the way that we played, certainly in the first uh, three quarters, um, it looked like the plan was to bomb it in long to the tall timber and uh, rely on the smalls to uh, to pick up the pieces. And, of course, you know, that was timed by losing two smalls in the first quarter. Um, well, quarter, yeah, it was the first quarter. Um, but we didn't do anything to try and change that structure up. And, again, I was just a bit surprised that... Given the matchups in Port's forward line, and given the need to change things up in our forward line, I would have thought Himmelberg down back might have been a might have been a, a move that Nick's and the panel might have considered once again. I think it would have been a good move, and I think the other thing that I think that the coaching staff maybe this is probably a good arrogance saying this because of, of course they should have their, their head around it, they're the coaching staff, but there seems to be. Uh, the way they were playing on the weekend, there seems to be this perception that you need to bomb it along to, to Riley. Mm. Mm. Riley's he's he's really fast, man. He's yeah. really fast. He's a midfielder, and they don't seem to have their heads around that. To see the was it the, the I think it was the second goal that he kicked. He let out, yeah, yeah. and then he just ran, he ran behind and completely burned his defender off, and then yeah. just made space yeah. and just for, for an easy chip yeah. over. Yeah. He, they can't, he's an impossible matchup. There was another. And, there was another case in the third where he's led right up the middle of the ground, um, got about five meter separation on his opponent, and then he's chipped uh, a nice little one wide to, uh, I forget who it was that he brought in, but he brought uh, you know a, a teammate oh, in to play to mother. get it for. 
That oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, I think so you're he, right. I, I don't so think they, they use it as mobility, do they? They they don't, and there's no reason to be bobbing the ball in long to Riley Philthorpe because he can he can create space. He can just do everything. I'm not I'm not yeah. trying to be funny. No, 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 no. I agree with you, mate. Look, I think um, I don't. I I can understand that Nick's might be trying to keep things basic. Um, you know, keep it simple, etc. While the kids are learning and all that. But the key to um, football in 2021 with the new rules and all the rest of it is separation. And in yep. uh, we highlighted it on Sunday night. You know, we were playing a lot of one-lane footy and uh, it, we highlighted a few occasions where that resulted in all our tools going up for a ball in the forward 50. Uh, and yep. yet other times when we were able to change lanes and spread the uh, port defence... Our forwards were able to get good separation and actually allow the, the the kick coming in to go to their advantage. And it's such yeah. a bigger part of the ground that you have to defend when there's some width going on. When the ball's just coming straight up and down the lane, you only have to defend the, the 20 metres in front of you. You know, when there's some width, you've got the whole forward line that you have to worry about. And I just think it's far too simplistic. And it's not really... We, we could have some... Um, we could have some advantages with Himmelberg and um, Tilthorpe up forward um, just in terms of matchups, uh, but we don't seem to utilise it by playing that straight up and down the line footy. No, we don't, and we, we became extremely one-dimensional. I'm sure mm. you talked about oh, that on yeah. Sunday. Extremely yeah, one-dimensional yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. And, and, I'm not, I'm and not... it showed in the, no, it showed in the last quarter our forward 50 entries changed completely and... Uh, Lord Curry Favell would attest to the extremely professional graphics that I put up, Peter. Um, yes, showing, I, about, I did hear about those. Uh, oh, mate, it's the talk of Channel 7. <laughs> <laughs> I got a call from Fox Footy, but I didn't answer it because I, I'm too committed. Um, but, uh, you know, the last quarter, our Fold 50 entries changed completely, 100% completely, uh, drink up. And... Um, as a consequence, it was our most effective uh, quarter in terms of efficient forward 50 entries. So it'll be interesting to see how we continue to play that because I think it's done to death. And uh, I think similarly, the uh, one tool, as you say, down back is done to death. Um, yep. The only question I'll ask you before we move on from selection uh, is the age-old question, Peter, Mr. Walker. Yes, I thought we were going to bring this one up. Do we fly Tex over? Well, I wouldn't. I would. Pers- per- personally, I wouldn't. I would. I would rest him absolutely. I don't think he's. A, he's obviously not one hundred percent fit. I can't. Mm. I can't see a benefit other than the fact, you know, the old chestnut that we got down in Hobart is we need, or Launceston's we need someone experienced walking around the rooms. But um, yeah, well, he can have it. He I can have a trackie on, as you said. Yeah, we'll fly him over in a trackie, but I wouldn't play him. No, I, I would rest him and um, yep. and have him fit for Melbourne the following week for sure. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, tailing on from that, would you then give the keys to Fogg for that for that spot? Absolutely, because it, there's going to be a knock on effect if they don't. Because if they're going to expect mm. Fogg to play midfield on Optus against West Coast, it's going to be horribly. Exposed. And I didn't mind Fogg's game on Saturday night. No, um, no, no. He got a most. He's, he's going to be terribly exposed. At Optus yeah. against West Coast. Yeah. 
Oh, look, I, I, without labouring the point, I think he's being set up to fail um, as a midfielder at the moment. And uh, I think they need to give him uh, a, a run in that spot. And uh, a flight over to Perth is not going to do Tex any favours whatsoever. It's not really going to do the team any favours. It's not a game we'd be looking to win, in my opinion, right, you know, on paper at least. Um, so uh, I think selection in terms of uh, whether they've seen off that block of games to the showdown and whether they're going to reset, particularly with some injuries, uh, is going to be quite interesting. A number of our kids look a little bit uh, sore. Um, McPherson looks sore to me. Uh, Shoal looks a bit sore. Um, you know, Berry yeah, looks like the pace of the game is just getting him a little bit at the moment. Uh, so, you know, um, it's, its selection is going to be very interesting. Yeah, well, as I say, my my big G for this week will be O'Connor to come in, and um, and obviously there's, we've got a couple of injured players to to replace. We I don't think we've got anybody anybody experienced ready to come back. I think that I think that if there's no other changes, I think we've got O'Connor and Jones to come in. Yeah, and we then need to. If we're if we're saying we're not taking Walker, we're going to move Fog. Then we need another midfielder, I guess. From so maybe it is Hately. Maybe Hately does come in if they if they're going to go that way, and they bring Hately yeah. and O'Connor into that midfield. Yeah. Slide slide Darcy back down to full forward, and yeah. um, and open up a rotation in the uh, in the forward line. Yeah. Yeah, well, Harry got some more midfield minutes, and I thought thought uh, he did. He he played some good minutes on the yeah, weekend. I he, so I thought, yep, we, I thought he was good. I, I felt like he took a bit of a step. He's clearly not got a tank yet for a full game in the midfield, but uh, yep. look out when he does. I reckon. Yeah, no. I think um, good. Any, any chance New Church? I wouldn't think so. No, I wouldn't think so. I'd be pretty disappointed if they if they took a, a kid like New Church over to West Coast. Over to Perth for a game yeah. like that. I, 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 don't, yeah. don't, I don't think he's he's up to it. That, that so was I don't smack think of uh, no, that was smack of Ben Davis at Condinia Park. Really, <laughs> chuck a kid, it, it really chuck did. a raw kid into the to the walls. <laughs> I think the only guy plus he's not ready. Are the three guys we mentioned? Yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. not ready. Yeah, fair enough. The three guys we mentioned, I think, are, I think are in in with the in with the show. Um, yep. So that's. Uh, the other thing they might do is that they could, yeah, they could drop an extra tall, I, su- I suppose, but I'm just not sure it's the way to go. Oh, no, we were talking about it also uh, Murray coming in, weren't we? And maybe Warrell. So that, that would be four changes. Yeah. Three yeah. fours, two yeah. on fours. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the thing thing about maybe a Jones inclusion is that, um, like, Seedsman's been our, our length player um, in terms of forward 50 injuries and, you know, transition. Brody Smith has been forced to play a little bit more defensively and a little bit deeper. Bringing Jones in might actually enable us to um, release Smith a little bit because I'm sure yeah. that uh, coaches have been looking at our, our game style lately and thinking, all right, we've got to shut down Seisman because he's obviously the uh, he, he's the vehicle between the two arcs. So, uh, yeah, very interesting selection. Very interesting this week. Now... Uh, before I do my little mid-cast promotion, we've got five people in chat there. So if anyone wants to have a, a chat about uh, selection or anything else in the meantime, um, then stick your hand up and we'll uh, we'll give you a run before we get into our uh, draft class deep dive. So 
Pete, you'll know that we're trying to grow our Discord community, so um, certainly people not so much listening tonight, but maybe listening on demand or watching on demand. Um, <clears throat> make sure you join our Discord community if you haven't already. Um, we've, we're up to nearly 150 people now on our Discord server, and the game day chat is excellent. And uh, I think on Sunday night we had close to 700 um, chats in uh, during the stream, uh, comments during the stream. So um, it's a fantastic spot. Um, it's good, mature conversation. There's no, you know, there's no uh, uh, melting or, or very little melting. Uh, Razor gets a bit pissed sometimes, <laughs> but he can be he can be. Uh, he, he can be excused because it's generally 3 a.m. over there when he's here. G'day, Ray's. Um, but, yeah, get around our Discord server. The links are in uh, or everywhere, basically. But if you have a look at our descriptions and if you have a look at our YouTube channel or if you go to aflcrowcast.com where you'll also find um, all the AFL news from around the different websites as well, uh, you'll be able to hook into our Discord server. And, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, make sure you give us a subscribe and a like. And if you're listening on iTunes, give us a review. And if you'd like to dip in a few dollars, uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. We did have one or two new patrons after Sunday's cast, which was great. And uh, I'll uh, certainly be uh, pinpointing our patrons again on Sunday on the weekend wrap. All right, Peter. No one seems to want to talk, so why don't we get into... and I. I'll give it a big drum roll. Why don't we get into our feature for Tuesday Night Live, and that's our South Australian 2021 draft class deep dive. And after a bit of a general chat last week, we've decided to go with the potential number one pick this week, uh, Mr. Jason Horn. What do you reckon, mate? We'll have a look at... Yeah, look, we'll have a look at Jason, and, and even though I think that as the season wears on, it's increasingly likely that we don't have an opportunity of selecting Jason. We'll certainly still have a look yeah. at him. Yeah. He is obviously the talk of the draft. He was last year. He will be this year. I've seen nothing happen so far this year that uh, that looks like occurring that will dislodge him from that spot. You know, they're talking yeah. about Dacos, but he's a father's son. So in terms yeah. of the open draft, I really don't think anyone is going to be challenging Jason at this stage, particularly when he's got the under-19 champs to come. Yeah, he will agree. I suspect, I suspect he'll dominate those champs and he'll only further solidify his, his position. But look, Jay, he's got a great pedigree from Christie's Beach Football Club. He's, he was an All-Australian under-16, state under-16 player, of course. He had quite an amazing year last year, starting off in under-18s. And then I think we've all seen those highlights of his game against Westies where he danced around, I think, four plays. In the end, he started at about the wing yep, at the Old Richmond yep. Oval. He danced around about maybe four or five players before beating a 40-metre goal, and we just sort of thought, oh, my goodness me, did that stop the nation, that one. So he kind of had the yes. advantage, I guess, of, of, the, of the Victorian kids not playing. He had he had the uh, the attention all, all to his own. But he, I'll tell you what, he uh, he hasn't disappointed this year. He started off in the in the league squad, of course, and he's playing league football for South Adelaide. His school is finished. He works down at uh, the Flurio Milk Company, working down on the trucks down there, loading and unloading. So that'll be giving yep. him some um, some good muscle tone as well. And yep. uh, just waiting to uh, sign a great big fat AFL contract in a few months' time. <laughs> so uh, he's uh, he's all set to go. But look, he, look, he hasn't set the world 
on fire statistically in the SANFL. But if you look at some of the highlights that he puts in, you just think, oh, wow. Some of his, his evasion in traffic, uh, some of you know, his goal sense, his, and just his hardness at the ball. Now, did you see that little clip that was released by Zach Milbank with his attack on Riley Knight? On the weekend, mm, uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. It was was a, that on it Twitter? It was a ball in just. It was. It was on Twitter. Zach Milbank tweeted it. So get a look at it. The ball was in dispute around the middle of the ground, and Riley Knight looked like he had it all to himself, and he kind of turned as 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 you would do. He went to pick it up, but yeah. you can just see out of the corner of your eye, Horn sees it, and he just absolutely sprints at this contest. Contest, and he just he just flies into Knight. And just cracks into him and knocks him off the ball, and in the yeah. one motion he's picked he's picked up the ball and handballed it to a teammate who's run off with it. It was phenomenal. Yeah. And this is yeah. Ryan. This is a, you know this is an AFL hardened you know that's right yeah player yeah. And this yeah. eighteen year old fresh off an AFL just, list. So I'd, I'd I'd you know have a look at that and you can see what 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 Jason can do and. Um, He's he's going to be a star, Fiend. I don't think there's any doubt about that because you can just you can just see his his work in traffic and um, his goal sense. He's he's perfect size, 184 centimeter. He's just that he's that mid that everybody wants. He want, he's that, and we've talked about you know there's three South kids that are in that yeah. uh, that, that mold. But he he's the star. You know, there's, 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 there's no question about that. If you, you, if you've got pick one, sorry, that's who you go. That's who you pick Sorry, I just—I <laughs> found that vision. I'm trying to put it up on the screen for people, uh, so just bear with me a second. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. So, and look, yeah, you keep going. You know, for me, there's no way that North Melbourne are going to trade that pick. And in, although, in, see, interestingly for them, in a draft last year where we had three, you know, three or four really good tools around the top ten. That was the time for North Melbourne to really get their building blocks in place and, and draft tall. But yeah. they went for Will Phillips, which seemed like an idea. Yeah, to it was a very me, knowing what was coming this year. Yeah. And so just got that just vision no, going at the moment, Pete. There's no. Oh yeah, he's cracked that in, hasn't he? <laughs> Did you see that? That's just yeah. I'm just replaying it. He's just that's a um, Dangerfield that's Murphy. Attack! Ah, oh, it's hundred yeah. percent. Oh God, drink! Um, yeah, that's impressive. And like you said, the the kids are, are fresh out of under 18s and he's attacking a, a seasoned AFL player. So, um, yeah, very he's impressive. Been, he's got good numbers. Yeah, he's only had he's only had the one down game, and other than that, he you know look he's he's hovering around about that sort of you know that fifteen to eighteen possession a game. Yeah, kind yeah. of mark. That's okay. You know, for a kid, that's okay. He's, yeah. He, he, I mean, he could he could still be playing under 18s now. That's the stu- that's the crazy part. Um, yeah, and if he was yeah. playing under 18s, he'd be racking up 50 disposals a game and five goals. So yeah. he, he's um, he's the real deal. And when recruiters when recruiters looking at that bit of vision that you've just put up, Fane, that will just mm. cement in their minds that this is this is a kid that's ready for AFL. And look out for anyone that gets in his way. He's brutal. So. Yeah. He will, he will go number one. North Melbourne won't be able to resist him, even though they need a they need a really really quality tall in this draft. It's not coming in the top ten. I don't think there's anybody around that top sort of ten that's going to push up and 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 you know anything like number one. So he's the number one pick. North Melbourne are going to have it. That's where he's going. 
they're not going to get no that chance. Pick for Jason Horn. No, no chance of uh, trading in twenty twenty two picks to get us up there. I, I don't think so, Fane. I'm, you know, and we can talk about it next week with D. Matty Roberts. And the reason, as you know, that I've been so excited about Matty, and you can attest to this, Fane. I've been on, yeah. his, I've been on his train for a number of months now. Oh yes, yeah. The reason I'm so excited about him is that I think he's gettable, but I think that it might end up costing us if. Given the fact that we've already three wins and we've got home games against Hawthorne and North Melbourne to come, yeah. um, t- and we'll talk about Matty next week, but I'm terribly concerned that we're going to end up with sort of sort of pick four or five, and yeah. that's just not going to be enough. So anyway, yeah. so Jason Horn is an absolute crackerjack, and his you know he's inside, he's outside, he's tough, he's skilled, he's he's got. We well, can take he's a mark. But that's the thing. He is inside out, he, but he can also go forward and hurt you on the scoreboard. Um, Absolutely. Going to be a very a very similar player to what I think a lot of people were, are hoping that Elijah Holland turns into. Uh, yeah, Elijah, a, a bit of a different um, start in that Elijah's played predominantly forward um, and people are sort of assuming that he's going to be able to transition to the midfield. I, I kind of have my doubts. Um, COVID, that, that COVID season that he lost and also he would have lost it anyway during through injury, yep. I think might have cost him a year's development, which might set him back in terms of midfield time. But Jason Horn is exactly what a lot of people projected Elijah Holland to be, and that's that bullocking inside-out midfielder who can go forward and hurt you on the scoreboard with just that little bit of X factor. And uh, he and is what, definitely that's what everyone wants to know. That's yep. the thing. That, that's what it, everyone wants, Dusty. Everyone wants 184, go forward, mm-hmm. kick a goal, but be that, be that, that goal-scoring mid who can yeah. play both, both positions and, and yeah. hurt you in a number of different ways. And he's just that package. Yeah. I didn't realise Fabian Francis was his stepdad, did you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I didn't realise that. There you go. A good thing uh, Fabian go. Francis did. Fabian Francis didn't uh, hit 100 games for Port, or it was 150 or whatever it is. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would have been father-son there. As if they already got Jace Berg on. They don't need another one this week, this year. Um, but it's quite, ama- yeah. it's quite amazing. You know, Horn, Horn, Roberts and Draper have been together since under-16s, and it's amazing mm. that you could get three three kids that develop into the same size for the same position, you know, that, that yeah. 183, 184 goal-scoring. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting first-up conversation with Jason because it's kind of already all known. Uh, he's been such an exposed talent that it's, it's really – I mean, the only – he probably won't go one only because someone will probably bid for Dacos um, – but uh, the, notwithstanding, he would it's at this stage looking at the Victorian prospects, he still looms as uh, at worst a top three pick and highly likely to be a, a, a first a first choice. I just can't see North Melbourne having the agates to um, to not take him. Oh, there's absolutely no chance in the world that they won't take him. No Would you? Because as because as you quite as you quite rightly point out, he's he's so exposed. Mm. Yeah, and there's going to be and more to come. We... I mean, he's going oh, to have yeah. uh, a state game that he's going to be exposed in against WA probably if he gets picked. 
Um, he, he didn't make that side. Of, that, that side was just. Oh, it didn't make it. Didn't make it. No, but he'll be in the under 19s and he'll just he'll just destroy that. Yeah, yeah, he will. He will. Um, Pete, if you were if we finish 16, how hard would you go at him to try and give Norths an offer they couldn't reflu- refuse? How hard would you go at him? Would you be happy oh, just to get Matty Roberts, who we'll probably talk about next week, but would you be happy to get Roberts with pick three I, or I'd, four? I'd have a crack at I'd have a crack at Jason with maybe next year's the, yeah. there's, there's a couple of, there's you know what, there's a couple of really, really I won't bore the listeners with it at the moment, but there's a couple of really, really strong SA midfielders again coming through next year. But I yeah. just don't think there's the there's the X and hurt factor of, of Horn. So, yeah. you know, do you do you really sell the farm? Are you happy with Roberts? It's a really it's a hugely tough call, hugely tough yeah. call. Because anybody yeah. that saw um, Roberts's highlights on the weekend, you know, he's not he's not that far in off. In his debut, in his debut, mind you, in, in his had debut, what eighteen or nineteen touches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Fane. You know what really pissed me off is that I thought he was about. I think I said last week he was about to go into hiding. And this issue yeah. that you point out with exposure, I was off to bloody um, St Peter's on Saturday with my son, going to watch yeah. them and play Pembroke. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to sit here, have a pie, and just watch bloody Matty Roberts from the boundary line and just rack up, rack up forty then, touches. Right, right, yeah, in, in the first quarter, and um, they'd given him permission to play for South, and I looked at, I checked at the policy, and they've changed it just recently that if a player does get selected in a league side yeah. only, then, then they'll release him. So I bet, not that I'm saying he didn't deserve to play, Fiend, at all, but I bet London mm. to a brick that South of Sydney are saying, well, we either lose him or we play him in the league team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind betting you're right. And uh, uh, it's certainly, I mean, he's been on he's been on most avid draft watchers' radars, um, Matty Roberts, but he's, he's shooting up the charts a bit. Um, I, I guess... Yeah. Uh, the, the the thing that puts Jason Horn in the frame for for us, if he was at all gettable, uh, is that if there's one thing that our team lacks, it's that silk and that class and that X factor. Matty Roberts, yep. I reckon, gets you a gilt edge, cast iron Sam Walsh type player. Yeah, uh, with maybe yep. a little bit more scoreboard hurt factor than Sam. Yep. Um, that's a good that's a good comparison. But Jason Horn gives you. Dare I say it, a dusty clone? Yeah, yeah. For for ten years, you know. That's the difference, isn't it? And so that that's why you say, you know, you've got to have a crack. Being you've got to. Mm. I don't think North Melbourne. I don't think that they budge. But I think you've got well, to have a crack. Uh, I mean, I guess what you're offering them is uh, Jason Horn plus a. Uh, you're offering them Matty Roberts plus a pick for Jason Horn, basically, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a good point. So if you Throwing if you're giving them three well. and yeah, yeah, well, three in next year's uh, uh, first pick, so say three and I don't know. Let's be optimistic and call it five, three yeah. and five for Horn and uh, yeah. So three gets some Roberts. So Roberts and five for for Jason Horn. That's well, You'd probably have a think about it if you're North Melbourne because, as you say, next year's draft crop, uh, certainly from South Australia in terms of mids, isn't terrible. Um, yep. uh, 
you know, you'd put something in. You'd have to put something in front of them like that. I think the only problem is that he's a South Australian, and so that just lets everybody know that the Crows will be dead set keen on getting him, which just adds an extra chip to the bloody negotiating table, doesn't it? I mean, oh yeah, he's a South Australian as well, so chuck in chuck in next year's second rounder as well, (laughs) and and Matthew Nix's firstborn child. Yeah, you know, so, I, I love those. I love that comparison you did with um, you know Dusty and Walsh, and you know you're getting, as you say, with Roberts, you're getting that cast iron, most likely an all Australian player, but yeah. you're not. Yeah, you just you're getting that real, as you say, X factor, match winner style of player. Yeah, and um, we need him bad, thing. We need him bad, and. You, I came onto the cast tonight thinking, look, we'll just talk about Jason and we've got no chance, but you're, you're almost talking me around to thinking we could be a chance. Oh, never say never. Um, I guess the reason why I'm so big on, and I think Matthew Roberts is great, don't get me wrong, but we have accumulators in our midfield already. I think Luke Pedler will become a bit of an accumulator. Um, yep. Sam Berry is a bit of an enforcer. Um, you know, we've got Harry Schoenberg, who will be an, an inside-out type um, with with good creative skills. Um, you know, uh, we've we've got that sort of inside slash inside-out midfielder sorted. Um, yep. You know, Horn can get his own ball, but God, he'll cut teams up on the outside, and I reckon he'd just be the icing on the cake. To our next, pardon me, next premiership window midfield, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. No question about it. Yeah. No go home um, factor. And um, no. Yeah. So that's just interesting that we've had, you know, for the last couple of years, we well, probably three out of the last four years, we've had such talent at, at the high, at the real pointy end of the draft. That's right. It's uh, you know, it's just a generational thing, isn't it? it? It comes in peaks and troughs, and when you've got a, um, I think it's more noticeable when you've got a, a smaller talent pool uh, in South Australia, just through weight of numbers. Um, but it happens. Even even the Victorian draft classes are stronger and weaker. Um, there's always those Victorian kids that are touted as you know the next best thing, but some drafts are just weaker than others. And at the moment, um, you know, we've had. Uh, the Lacocious draft, we've had the Rosie situation um, and that draft and, and, you know, we've had some really good midfielders come through South Australia over the last four or five years um, and then, of course, you know, Riley coming through. So I don't know whether it's just luck or whether someone's doing something right at SANFL level. I, I think it's just luck. I just think it's I just think it's the way the cards fall, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, I think our pathways are a little bit better at the moment as well. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Now we do have a couple of minutes left before we finish. If uh, now nineteen ninety, yep. I noticed that you had your hand up uh, earlier. If you want to come on, or if any of the others there want to come on um, and have a quick chat before we close it off, now is the time. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Pete, if people want to support us uh, on Patreon, they can go to patreon.com forward slash. AFL Crowcast and flickers a couple of bucks. Uh, but in the meantime, here we have uh, fast turning into a, a podcast stalwart and uh, certainly a live stage supporter, Peter. Uh, 1990 Crow, how are you going, mate? 
Oh, good, Phoenix. How are you? How are you, Pete? Yeah, I'm very, very good, mate. Good to hear from you. Yeah, just uh, calling up. Um, I generally tend to watch the draft most years. Um, I've got a sample live pass, so I generally watch a few games on the weekend, um, mainly under-18s. Um, it's generally where most of the young guys that I'm sort of interested in, in terms of draft are, are playing. Um, but I have seen a bit of Matty Roberts and Jason Horn, um, and I think they're yeah, obviously both going to be top three or four, maybe five draft picks this year going on form. Um, and in particular, Jason Horn, I think we're just, we've got to go all in on him. Um, what, what would you give? If you can. What would you give? What would you I give? would, if I, like, I was just saying in the chat, I reckon we'll finish 17th. I think Collingwood's best is better than ours, and I think they'll overtake us as the season goes on. Um, similarly, we lost to Hawthorne, so I can't, I, th- I think they'll find a way to get above us. Um, so I think we'll finish 17th going on form. So say we finish 17th, we'd have pick two. And North North Melbourne obviously going to have pick one by, by, the, by the way they're going. And I, I, I would give up pick two and I'd give up um, next year's first rounder, which, you know, probably, like Phoenix was saying, would probably be around that pick five range. Um, and then look to get a second rounder back. I wouldn't even care about the second rounder, mate. <laughs> I wouldn't oh, give look, a if shit. It, if, it, if, it come, if, it, if it comes to it that um, no deal unless we um, leave it at just the two first, then yeah, I'd still do it. Yeah. Well, you know, um, once in a generation players don't come along very often, are they? And we're fortunate enough well, to get Riley in the last draft. To get two and two drafts is... Hawthorne-esque in terms of building an, a, a dynasty. You know, they got three or four players that turned into the foundation of their or the backbone of their premiership era in Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell was down the draft a bit, but uh, Roughhead and Buddy, obviously. And uh, if we could uh, if we could go Thilthorpe, Horn in successive drafts, that sounds to me like the good backbone of a, a premiership tilt in, in a few years' time. Well, you need that group of six or seven players, really, that are high Absolutely. Talent, um, yeah. to, to build around, you know, all within three or four drafts, um, building together, building that relationship, all peaking at the same time. Um, and you look at what is our rebuilding phase, it's 2019, well, you, some might say 2018, I'd say 2019, to, to 2021. Um, and... As much as Mackesy's form hasn't been amazing so far, I still think he's going to be a good, quite a good player eventually once he um, adds bulk to his frame. Hmm. Um, we've got Schoenberg, Worrell, um, and then last year we had Pedler, uh, Phil Thorpe, obviously, Braden Cook. I've got big raps for. I think he's eventually going to be a, a Steve Johnson type up at half forward. Um, yeah. Then we've got Sam Barry, who's, who's obviously coming and played quite well. Um, and then if we go all in on Jason Horn this year, maybe look at picking up. Um, I've mentioned in the chat. I'd go. I'd go for Dylan Stevens as a trade, um, and then next year, you know, we wouldn't have a first rounder. But I, I think you've mentioned Isaac Rankin's going to be coming out of contract end of next year. Um, we, we're lacking that X factor. We're lacking that small forward. Um, if we don't have a first rounder and he's out of contract, you know, 
Gold Coast can't really do much about that. So and if we don't have one, we just we ask the question and we find a way to get him. Lots to unpack there, Peter. <laughs> so that's a whole list management to That's it. <laughs> Well, it's just, I'm happy so to do. Those, those are my key thoughts, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, think, I think it's really good, and and Fee knows that. You know, I I feel that a really key building block is also. I think that we should sign next year Trent Dumont as a free agent. I'd like to see him back. I know he's not a sexy name, and I'll probably cop some brickbats for that. But I think that we should because I think he fits our list profile. And um, so, if you can just add little pieces like that. And that's what you and you end up. You're building costs us nothing, no draft, no no picks at all, and no trade. We're just so we're so close to having that list. I think. I think. Yeah. If we could na- nail this this draft, um, bring in players that have you know that sort of twenty two to twenty six seven range next year. I think twenty twenty three going onwards. Uh, we're 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 going to really rise up quite quickly. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Thanks, mate. Time's getting long, but Thanks, uh, it's always good to have you uh, have you on. So uh, we'll see you on Sunday okay. night, uh, Pedro. I'll, uh, I'll start up the uh, outro music here. Just uh, not forgetting too that Lockie Scholl signed for another two uh, today. Good man. So, th- so that was good nice. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. It's been a very lively chat. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube as well. And, uh, of course, we will be back on Sunday with the Sunday Wrap. Uh, Now, just keep an eye out because I reckon we're going to push it back half an hour to 8 o'clock on Sunday because uh, we do have the stupid late game on Sunday uh, over in WA. So uh, most likely 8 o'clock, but I'll I'll confirm that on socials uh, in the next couple of days. Thanks, Peter, for joining us again. And uh, thanks, Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you later on. Cheers, Dan. Bye now.